our conversation tonight is framed around a message of which the title is The Unlikely Voice of God. And I was thinking about this this week, and um, as long as I've kind of been on any sort of faith journey, whatever that looks like and whatever that involves, I'd like to think that God has a sense of humour. Uh, and often that belief of believing that God has a sense of humour has helped me to sleep at night. Um, and and it's, this is not to take away in any way, shape or form from uh, any sense of awe or holiness or wonder when it comes to God. Uh, but for me, it's kind of this recognition of uh, the often mysterious, curious and uh, amazing way that the divine engages in and with humanity. And I often like to think that God is also not always or often impressed by human definitions of what is important. And that our sense of the rules and that our sense of the way that things should work or the way that we see things should work doesn't necessarily align with the way that I think that God sees things. And often in church and in religious life, we, we like to think that uh, we've got God pegged. We've, we've got God figured out, that there are very specific constraints that God exists and operates within. But I'm not sure that God recognises our stereotyped explanations of the way that we think that God should act. And I feel like we're shown this, uh, and this is described to us time and time and time and time again throughout Scripture. And yet, uh, even though we read that, we, we engage with that, we, we seem to continue to confine God to our own frameworks and to our own conceptions. Uh, so the scripture I want to read uh, to you today comes out of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. And, and it tells this story. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on our way, on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. When they arrived, Samuel saw... Uh, Aliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord shown, chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And Jesse replied, there is still the youngest. He is tending the sheep. And so Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. And so he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. And so this is just one instance. But throughout scripture, we read about a God who confounds human thinking. In scripture, we see that he chose a mere shepherd in the form of Amos to be his spokesperson. He uh, used the pagan king uh, Cyrus to execute his justice. He called 
uh, a maiden by the name of Mary to give birth to his son, and he used fishermen to establish the church. Uh, Theologian Henri Nguyen observes that the most unlikely people are chosen by God to make us see. But in contrast, we... I'm talking broadly here, but that's my experience of church life. We, we tend to look to and we can tend to consider the likely voices. But in Scripture, this is kind of rarely how God speaks or who he speaks through. We frequently fail to hear uh, God's unlikely mouthpieces. We, we regard them as socially unacceptable and, and not as credible and not as worthy of our attention. And yet... From someone young in the faith, we can hear wisdom. From uh, secular prophets, we can hear legitimate criticism of the church. From the poor, we hear God's cry for justice. And from those who have suffered much, we, we frequently hear words of forgiveness and graciousness. And so in my experience, the unlikely voices are kids. Uh, people experiencing homelessness and poverty. The, the unlikely voices are people living with a disability. The unlikely voices, uh, sadly, are women. It shouldn't be unlikely voices. The the, the unlikely voices are people of colour. The the unlikely voices are refugees, are are First Nations people, are are the elderly and the frail. And I think that this was true in Jesus' time too. The the voices that he listened to, the people that he broke bread with, the, the people that he sat with and communed with, were mostly not the religious elite or or the kings or the emperors or the governors. They were the outcast and the lowly and the excluded and the discredited. And so I kind of have to wonder what this says about the contemporary church. When the voices that we listen to, the voices that we court, the voices that we desire to uh, incline an ear to us, I would call the likely voices. We continue to discount or hold with less value the voices of children and the elderly. We, we continue to discount the voices of women. We, we continue to discount the voices of minorities and of people who don't conform to the norms that we deem acceptable. And so I think that if we wish to hear what God might say to us, it's important that the unlikely voices be heard. If we discount or we exclude these voices, then I think we're actually at risk of excluding the very voice of God. You know, we, uh, as a nation, our government detains people indefinitely on an island and refuses them access to healthcare now because I think we have ignored the unlikely voice of God. There is a redress scheme that exists uh, in the institutional church for institutional child abuse because we have ignored for far too long the unlikely voice of God. And so my prayer is that this would no longer be the case. Uh, My prayer is that the reformation and the revival that the church would seek would be one in which we begin to prioritise and listen even more attentively to the unlikely voices, that that the unlikely voices are amplified and that the likely voices are diminished. That's my prayer. May it be so. Amen. Amen.